0: Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident, feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories, and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Welcome back to the Bombshell Business Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Hurdle, and I am always so grateful that you are taking your time and your energy to invest in yourself, first and foremost, and to invest in this show and and spend your time with me and my guest today. Of course, always show notes are at AmberHurdle.com forward slash podcasts with an S. And you can click on the Bombshell Business Podcast. Look for today's episode and you will have all the links that we talk about and kind of the key points if you want to bookmark that. And then also you can look at Velvet Machete Branding Podcast, which will also be found at AmberHurdle.com forward slash podcasts if you want to take a look into the future and the next podcast that we're working on. Or if you are already in the future, you You can go back through and uh, check out all the Bombshell Business Podcasts and also the back episodes of Velvet Machete. So without further ado, I'm really excited about today's guest. She has a fantastic energy. Uh, I think she is, I can already tell that she's a very generous person, and I know that is a Bombshell favorite. Her official bio reads, Gabby Garrett is a writer by day, inspirer by night. She works with top level entrepreneurs on their messaging, media strategy, and marketing. When she isn't working with her executive clients, she writes articles in the self-help realm. After leaving her full-time job to become a writer, she learned, grew, and developed into someone she's proud of and now she inspires the world to chase their dreams too. Her work on this topic has been featured in USA Today Network, Elite Daily, Apartment Therapy, Tiny Buddha, and the Elephant Journal, and more. You can and read more about her adventure through her new mini book, Kicked Out of Therapy, available on Amazon. And of course, we will have a link to that. Gabby, welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Well, we are happy to have you. So there are a bajillion questions that I would like to ask. But as a fellow career writer, the first one that I want to know is, How would you quit your job and decide you're going to become a writer? Because aren't you a poor uh, artist, poor, starving artist if you do that? (laughs) Tell us about your transition.
1: (laughs) Okay. So when I graduated from college, I had a PR degree. And I did five internships while I was in college. So I was very hyper overachiever. So I was gifted with a great job on paper. You know, the type of job where you make $35,000 a year and you get paid time off and health insurance, the type of job your parents are very excited about. Yes. right? <laughs> so I get this job and it, they're like, thank God, you know, get off my health insurance, whatever. And if you if you're in one of those jobs, like no, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that I am such a creative that I actually ended up gaining 65 pounds being in that position.
0: Wow. That is. Yes. Significant. And the craziest
1: part about it, I didn't know. Yes. I, um, took me a while to realize it, which you would think, you know, by buying pants and a new size and everything <laughs> that you would be aware, but something just blocked it for me. I, I just woke up one day and was like, this isn't what I love. So what I did was map out what I wanted to do. And that took some time and some self-discovery, but I knew I wanted to be a writer. I kind of had forgotten. And Amber, you talk about what you love to do as a kid, right? So uh-huh. that was my thing. That's what I love to do. Yeah. So, so I yeah. said I was
0: by the time I was 30. Well, yes, let me put a time sorry. out for, for maybe our, <laughs> our first time listeners. So if, if you, you know, if you're not familiar with my follow your breadcrumbs theory, <laughs> then what what Gabby was referencing is that when you need to find what makes you different or you need to find what. Role you should step into or what kind of business you should start or, you know, just as you're branding yourself, whether that's internally as a leader at a, at a company or, you know, externally to, to an audience as a business owner. If you look back on your history and follow your breadcrumbs, what were you known for? What did you love to do? Just kind of like exercise. Like if, if, if you're, if you hate running on a treadmill, then you are like 99.9% of America. And so what did you like doing as a kid? If you do that for exercise as an adult, you'll probably like it. So Gabby's saying, hey, you know what, what I loved doing as a kid was writing. So sayonara, 70 hour work weeks and extra poundage, I'm going to go write. So tell us about what that took besides a lot of spa. So I thought
1: it was the job that had made me gain weight. So I got a second job as an event planner, which was, It's nice because I walked a lot. So I lost the weight and I had time to start to play around with writing. So the first thing I did was take on a pro bono client or a trade client, I guess you would say. And I called some friends and said, hey, guys, I think I'm going to get into this writing thing. Do you want to trade? So I asked an acupuncturist friend of mine. So my first client was actually doing her social media writing in exchange for acupuncture. Wow. And that's smart,
0: you know, and I I can't stand it when people say, oh, never do anything for free. Well, if you don't have any proof that you can do it, then, yeah, you need to do it for free because you need to show that. You're capable and you shouldn't practice on. I mean, obviously you've been writing and you worked in PR and whatnot, but if you are just starting, it's okay to do trade outs and to do things like that. You don't want to do that for forever. If you're doing that three years in, then you're just you've got some money issues, like some serious things to overcome mentally. But. (laughs) And, and and I'm and I you know I say that so harshly I think that was a little more machete not enough velvet but I've been there we've all been there and and that's not the path to go but when you first get started yeah you need some you need some proof in the pudding so okay so you traded out some and now what.
1: Yes. And I'm so glad you said that because I feel the same way. You know, it was great as I was healing and becoming me to trade for these healing services and to get practice and to learn what kind of client I like. So I could not agree with you more. Once I traded, what actually happened was we moved an hour away and I thought I needed to get another job because this freelance distant future, not something I could have right now. So I applied for a job at an advertising agency because I'm a big Mad Men fan. I don't know about you. Are you into the advertising copy and stuff like Um, that?
0: I'd never fall into that show, but I do decorate that style. Does that count?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. I feel that from your... (laughs) I can see that. I was like, you know what? That would be so fun. And this advertising company is the type of company that had like a bar in their office and all that cool stuff. So I go in there and I interview with the CEO and he was like, you're a great writer. I just don't have a position for you. Something in me told me to ask him for a contract. So I called him. and This took real guts. And I was like, hey, Rich, I know you don't have a position for me yet, but what do you think about giving me just a contract to work with one of your clients?
0: You know what? I think that's what I really like about you, Gabby, is like, you know, no's are free. Like it's, you're you, you're not afraid to ask, I love that. you know, I mean, that's that's it like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Hey, Amber, I want to be on your podcast. No. OK, did you die? Absolutely not. You move on to the next podcast. But there's just something about how you present yourself how you position yourself that's like heck yeah I don't know who this person is but I really want to get to know them and so I bet they had that same experience so just <laughs> a side note sorry listeners I'm, I'm just having a little moment here with Gabby but like that's a gift that's a huge gift of yours so okay so you're like okay now I'm going to be a contractor mm-hmm. and 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 just for the record yeah I'm so really you- wanting to dial in on this because I know I have entrepreneurs as listeners, and they're thinking in their mind right now, I, I don't know how I'm going to escape this soul sucking job. I don't know how I'm going to get rid of these 40 extra pounds that I've put on. I and so I really want to take this step by step with with Gabby, because she's doing something that's hard, y'all. It's hard to work as a creative person, and she's doing it. So okay, so you you got your contract role, then what?
1: Okay. So yes, if you're listening, you're probably thinking that's great, Gabby, but I don't have some phantom advertising guy to ask for a contract, (laughs) but you do probably have a family friend or someone. So if, so the first step would be to figure out what you want to do. Like we said, go back, chase your breadcrumb. Second step is work for free. Make sure you like it. You know what I mean? You might've liked putting Barbies in the microwave as a kid. So let's not take that as your (laughs) profession, but maybe you love playing with Legos. you might want to try on architectural farms or internships. The sky's the limit. So then you ask for a real contract. So that's where we are right now. i have asked for a real contract and be prepared that you're going to get a lot of weird feedback. When I decided like, this is what I'm doing. People would call me and be like, I'm so sorry. You haven't found a job. Do you want me to offer you a contract? Just so you like have something on LinkedIn. Wow. Hmm.
0: That just happened.
1: Yeah. So I'm like, you know what, actually, this is my job. I'm not, I'm not looking for a full-time job. You know, it's not a, I understand that some people take contract work in the interim, if you're like a career professional, so mm-hmm. get that, but be prepared for some odd feedback because you're going against the so- status and social quo, which makes people real uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. And that's so true. I mean, I was with somebody yesterday and we were just giggling at how fantastic our lives are. And we're completely, um, you know, as much as in charge of, as, of your life as you can be as a human and how many people looked at us like we were crazy or second guessed us every sec- step of the way. And it's like, OK, well, you know, we chose to make really big sacrifices and and do some really hard things so that in the end we could have exactly what we want. And I think that's that's kind of the, the path that you've chosen to take as well.
1: Yes, I couldn't agree more. And that's so awesome that you guys were just giggling, like just the joy that you feel like is on the other side. So if you are listening and you're in one of those spots where like maybe you're at your desk, I used to listen to podcasts like this at my desk working, just like dreaming of the other side. My advice to you once you've done the steps that Amber and I have talked so far would be to to get out a poster board and just like even if it's a vision board or a picture, just like remember where you're going because that will keep you keep you. Motivated and fueled to keep making these awkward hard steps.
0: Oh yeah! And go back and listen to my episodes about vision boards because I'm I'm very I'm very big in, into that. We have my husband and I have a whole trip at the every New Year's Eve. We don't go to parties or do anything. We take a trip and we flush out our goals and we create vision boards for the year and we put pictures around them. And we, when we come back to Tennessee, we always have exactly what we're gunning for in that year. And and we look at it every single day. So I definitely think that's huge. How I hit this when I first started doing what I do. And of course, what I've done has evolved. But how did you even know what to ask for in terms of money? Like, what do you, how did you know what to charge?
1: I think that's very hard. And as just like you, you know, I don't know if you've ever asked some of the the fancier entrepreneurial clients that you have about pricing, but I have one who I, I have asked, and he's like, I feel awkward every time. Yeah, everybody, billion, billion dollar CEO guy, and he's like, I, I like want to close my eyes every time I send the email about pricing. So for me, I asked the advertising company that I discussed. I said, I asked them, like, what do you, what do you usually charge your contractors, or what's appropriate? And they were actually very understanding and. Based on their answer and my research, I got much higher than I was hoping for. So it was a project doing a copy for a brochure over about three weeks, and I got $1,800.
0: Okay. How did you determine how to move forward based on that? Did you do it by hour? Like, did you break down hourly, or did you do it based on value or project, or how did that work for you?
1: In this case, it was value project. And then every client I took on from there, I chose the retainer model because hourly charging doesn't really work for me. I'm, I'm pretty much a ninja. So if I charge people by the hour, I don't, I don't think I'd be doing very hot. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I make $2 an I, hour. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm quick. And like, that's why I have a spell checker. So I do the retainer model now. So I have a, you know, an average market price for monthly deliverables. How I figured that out was really honestly just slowly, incrementally increasing my prices over time. So when I first started, I had a couple clients I would write four blogs a month for, and they were they were on the lower end of a new beginning start. So I have like a $600 retainer with all of them. And had a, I probably had like 10 maybe. Mm-hmm. And then I switched from having like a bulk of small clients to about three or four main clients with a higher retainer. Okay. All right
0: so do your research where did you where did you research on online did you look at like other people how did you come to that conclusion
1: yes great question because some people will really irritate you have you ever tried to hire someone and you they are like well here's the average price based on the last door and you're like okay uh-huh. Has that ever happened to
0: you? yeah yeah <laughs>
1: it's like you're wrong you're just I'm I'm sorry, girl. I cannot pay you this extraordinary amount that you found from this interesting site. So, I would definitely not advise that. I asked other friends in the industry. So, I have a friend who's a freelance graphic designer, and she was charging $100 an hour. And that really gave me the guts to get up to that type of price level for my worth.
0: Yeah, because you have expenses. Like, I sit down with my bookkeeper every single month, and we go over my expenses, and we're like, what can we cut? Because there's two ways to make money earn more business or earn more money per per, you know, contract or, or whatever, however you frame that in your business or cut expenses. And man, I've got some expenses. People just think that I wander around by my little old lonesome and, you know, I'm I'm I am my only expense. And it's like, no, there's so much nowadays, especially in the Internet has given us so many opportunities to, to reach people. And yet it, it costs money to do business. So just but just to put that out there, I've I've taken on coaching clients before who came to me from other coaches And I said, well, what what kind of a budget did you get set up? Oh, it's it's not going to cost me anything. It's we're we're running lean. And I'm like, oh, really? Hmm. (laughs) That's that's not the (laughs) truth. And then we'll get done. No, you're so right. And our, in our coaching session will be, you know, our engagement will be done and they come back to me in six months and go, Oh my gosh, Amber, I just have to share what my budget actually is. Now you, you completely were truthful about that. And I was like, okay, just as long as everybody's on the same page, I don't want you to step into a pile of poo yeah. and then feel stuck because you can't afford to do the things you need to do to move your business forward. I mean, you, you gotta have a budget. So once you've got that client or those clients, those first handful of clients, how do you keep it going and and how do you communicate in a way that meets their expectations, but they also are having their expectations managed?
1: I think the best thing you can do is I guess to simultaneously assume everything's going well and everything's going terrible. That's <laughs> my, that's my advice.
0: <laughs> my brother you know, calls that being uh, cautiously pessimistic. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like I'm super optimistic. So but what I mean by that is assume everything's going well so that you ease that paranoid voice in your head that feels like you're going to get fired every five minutes. Assume everything's going well so that you you calm that inner mean girl, I call her. Calm her down, but assume everything's going terrible in the fact that you document what you do so that you can prove your worth and the return on investment, whether that's an every week report yeah. based on the social media numbers or things like you and I do with, like, your um, your overall reach and the demographics, et cetera, et cetera. So assume everything's going well and be delightful and present, but also just... Um, what do they call
0: it? CIA. Cover, cover your cover. Your yeah. See <laughs> the CYB file. always put it and 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 I, mine's actually CY as well. But um, for for those is cover your butt yeah. and a for those of us who have potty mouse. So so I think that's great advice and ensuring that sometimes it's easy when you're not on the team and you're not having weekly visits with your boss and those, you know, it's it's hard for them to envision what you're actually doing. So the more you can emphasize the results that you've gotten them, the less they're going to be worried about the cost of those results. Um, so th- I, that's just my little sidebar for for freelancers out there. Um the minute they start thinking they could do it in-house cheaper, you're dust. So be sure that you're you're yeah, great advice. So Once you. okay, so you got going. Now you're you're managing your clients. Everybody's happy. You're simultaneously optimistic and pessimistic, (laughs) but it's still easy to trade time for dollars. And you talked about having a retainer model. But even then, there's only one you. So how did you scale where you can make more without having to, you know, go back to that 70 hour work week and put all that weight back on that you put on from stress?
1: Right. Which is such a big fear in the first few years. Like if this doesn't work out, <laughs> um, you, but of course that that's, that's no longer an option. So what I did was I posted in a group called don't keep your day job. Kathy Heller wrote a book about what you and I are talking about, about chasing your, chasing your dream. And I posted in there, is anybody interested in learning how to freelance? right. Because ironically, I was just going to teach a little webinar on kind of what you and I are talking about. Mm-hmm. I got 55 responses in
0: 35 minutes. Wow. So then what did you create a course?
1: I I actually chose all their emails and I direct messaged them. And I tried, you know, I know that if I did a course for free, that people would haphazardly show up. So I charged $45, which is super reasonable price to learn how to do a new career. Fortunately, the demographic I went after wasn't interested in investing in money. But what I did have was a huge list of potential freelance writers. So I asked the group for some samples, and I actually found two really awesome women in that group, and I hired them both. Ah, uh, so good. And so how did you handle yeah, that situation? It was so
0: yeah. Cause look, and and so here's another thing, you know, I'm the queen of the sidebar. So she went with one intention. She went down a path. She didn't wait. She didn't second guess herself. She didn't say, oh, what if this doesn't work? She had enough of a plan to move forward and she moved forward with that plan and she didn't get what she thought she needed, but she got something perhaps even better for her to scale what she was already doing in a, in a way that was more suited for the direction she, she ultimately needed to go. So, you know, back to you, what is it? You can't always get what you want, but if you try, sometimes you get what you need. Yeah. So, okay. So you, so you hired these people like 1099 or they contract, are they employees?
1: Yes. They're 1099 and one of them worked out. One of them didn't. The other one, you know, you never really know what you're going to get. Right. So the one that I did hire is awesome. She's like a mini me, except for she's older than me. <laughs> she is a bass and I love that she's on my company cause you'll appreciate this just as you, um, you know, as you were a single mom at some time when you had your kid at 16, I, I believe, right. Was it was just oh, you at yeah. first.
0: Oh yeah. It, I'm okay. 16 years old.
1: Yeah. So I was raised by a single mom and she is a single mom. So I love hiring her because there's just a different work ethic mm-hmm. that you and I you know that we have, even though I've never raised kids alone, I was raised by a single mom. So I just if you can find a woman who's gone through some stuff, you're just going to get a better different level office. of hustle. Yes, girl. So she is amazing. She's outside of Atlanta and she works just like me. So basically what I do is I I am the Gabby face to all the client meetings and the strategy. And she handles the day to day deliverables once we have worked together to iron out what those are.
0: Perfect. That's awesome. OK, so one thing that I I was reading in preparation for this. And I would love to know your thoughts. Again, let's go back. Gabby was like, hmm, I woke up and realized I hated my life. And now I'm going to not hate my life anymore. And I'm going to become a creative freelancer and then build a business around that instead of being a freelancer exchanging time for money. But you say that you have completely doable secrets to creating a six-figure business in less than a year. I think we need those secrets.
1: (laughs) Okay. So we've heard a lot of them. You have the step-by-step process of how I did this, but if I could go back and like you you quit your job today, right. And you have 12 months to make six figures. What would I tell you to do? Yes. Okay. So you've quit your job. First off, you already heard me tell you the fears. So the fears that you're going to come across that you can eliminate, therefore have more energy to make money and have fun is not thinking there's going to be enough money. worrying you're going to have to go back to your job And worrying about what people think of you. We've kind of touched on all of those. So if you can not listen to that negative voice in your head, you will move faster and you will move quicker and you will make money much faster. So when you're posting on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram and you're discussing your work, when you hear that voice that says, like, what's what is my old job going to think? Or what is Sally from high school going to think? You can shut that down. You're going to move exponentially faster.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I call that hold on. S T S D. Shut that stuff down. Uh, Only yes. I have a potty mouth, so
1: <laughs> I say a different yeah, word. Yeah, <laughs> so if you can if you can <laughs> yeah, you can do that and move forward. So that's my first thing cuz that will hold you back and keep you stuck. And the reason I say that is because the first 6 months of working for myself, I got back in bed almost every day. Uh you just have that, like, what am I doing? You can get over yourself. Um, you're going to make money much quicker. So a really tangible thing you can do is come up with your business model now. So decide how you're going to make money and don't flail around out there. So you need a active income stream, meaning like I write content strategies for professionals. I'm going to do four. Okay. Now find your four people. Once you found one and two, ask one and two for a referral and you've already got your four. Yeah. Once you've done that, come up with a passive income stream. So we both have books, Mm -hmm. which is not necessarily a get-rich-quick scheme, but it is one of the best passive income streams.
0: Right, because not only are you making money while you're sleeping on this book, it's also opening up other opportunities for you and helping people get to know you and what you do better.
1: Yes, it's like a giant business card. Right. Yes, so a book, a course is great. And one of the things I would say is, When you're creating your passive income streams, let's say in the beginning, it's just you, right? So Monday through Wednesday, you do all of your client work and Thursday through Friday start building your brand and working on those passive income streams. That way you have like a really concrete idea. Now, Thursday and Friday, are those clients still going to email you? Of course they are. But you've done everything that is your deliverable for the week. Focus on creative strategy to bring more money in.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I think when you think of something like a course, what I would say is you might be listening to this, like, I don't know how to create a course and I don't want to hire someone to create a course. And you go down this rabbit hole of how much everything's going to cost. You can teach a course on Facebook. You can pay, people can pay to be in your Facebook group and you can go live once a week. There are no limits to what you can do now in this technology age that don't require you to be an IT genie.
0: Yeah, because there is no right way. There's your way. And and really there's the way that you're, your customers are ultimately going to benefit from most. And so, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, what do you think about this? And, and I say, well, I don't think my opinion really matters. What do your customers want? That's how you deliver it. Um, and, and so it, it doesn't have to, you don't have to have a fancy schmancy, you know, plug in on your website. You can, I mean, ConvertKit is a email marketing software, but half of why they chose to, to create their, their system, their, their software was so that bloggers and authors could do email courses. So you just set it all up in an automatic email and send everything that way and you can link to a YouTube video, you know, unlisted or whatever. We don't want to get into the weeds of how to create a course, but I just really want to reinforce the fact that a lot of times fear that it's not going to be perfect holds us back. Now, I'm all about doing it the right way and doing it when you're ready, like as in you're not half you know, wedding it <laughs> or not giving the value that your customers deserve, but not doing something just because you're afraid it's not going to be absolutely perfect. That's a whole different thing. So anyways, I I, I stopped yes. you yet again. So we're still talking about creating six figure business in less than a year. And and so we've talked about mindset. We've talked about having a, a solid business model that includes an active income strategy, a passive income strategy and 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 carry on. I'm sorry for interrupting you.
1: Oh, no, that's great. No, you did exactly what I was going to also say is I use ConvertKit too. And that's an awesome way to deliver it. So mindset, active and passive income stream. And then another kind of thing on mindset would be to work on your money blocks. Only 2% of entrepreneurs work on their money blocks. So you can be ahead of 98% of the... The whole crowd, imagine that we're all racing towards the same finish line. We're not. We're all going in different directions. But if you can figure out your money blocks, then you can alleviate the fear of following up on an invoice. And that is something so many people struggle with. Just telling people, hey, man, you owe me money.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's another good reason to have actual software too. And and we'll put a link to ConvertKit and we'll do a link to like FreshBooks. I've got some posts about that and Zero because then you could just set up auto reminders. If they haven't paid it in seven days, they get another email. If they haven't paid it in 14 days, they get another email. Like I hate chasing money, not because I don't think I'm owed it, but just it's like one more thing I have to do and I'd rather be doing more productive things. So there's there's ways around this how did you work on your money blocks because that's that's a that's a big issue
1: it is i actually did a boot camp i did denise duffield thomas's money boot camp
0: yes she's awesome
1: Yes. So that was great. And one of the things she talked about that was a big aha moment for me, it was just your money memories. Mm-hmm. So we talked a little bit about different families you might have grown up in. And if you are a woman who was owed child support, that's like one of the biggest blocks because you feel as if like you weren't worthy enough to get the money. And that's such an interesting thing that you would never think about when you're making a course and deciding how to price it. The psychological factors behind you not being able to put the other zero are a huge block in you making six figures.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. All right. Okay. So anything else around really ramping up that, that income in, in your first or maybe not your first year, but within a year?
1: I would say the last thing I would tell you is not to look at other people's business models, do what feels right to you. I know you've talked about this. Like if you see somebody and you're like, okay, they posted on Instagram twice and you're like (laughs) stalking this person, like just speak to your, speak about your heart. Your brand will be consistent and you'll speak to your customer authentically, which will immediately cause them to connect back to your heart and buy from you. Like if you're just trying to sell, it's not going to work out.
0: Yeah totally, of course, 1000% agree with that. You know, it's Allie Brown speaks to this, too. She says, when you first get started, you know, you need those, you need those models, because you don't you don't have your own, but you should scrap those models as quickly as possible. Because once you implement those models, you know, even just kind of like some of the steps that we've talked about on this interview, once you get some of those things down, then you're going to see, okay, but my personality is better at this. And my work style, my behavioral work style is more apt to do this. And my customers like, to get information this way and not that way. And they're on Twitter. They're not even on Facebook or they're on LinkedIn. They're not on Instagram. And and so, you know, you really have to take ownership of your brand experience. What does that look like in the end for your customer? And importantly, what does that look like for you? Because if you're if you're trapped in a business model doing something somebody else's way, you may as well just go work for somebody and have a little more security. You know what I
1: mean? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. You built this cage. So why don't you build a castle instead? Oh, I love it. That's
0: that's a quotable. You built this cage. Why don't you build a castle instead? I love it. So I've never said that before. Oh, we're we're tweeting (laughs) that. We're totally tweeting that. Um, I'm, I'm making a note here. We're tweeting... I just don't even know like where to, to, to wrap this up because I feel like we could go a whole other hour of having just really great advice from somebody who's being <laughs> so vulnerable about what life is like when you, when you go out on your own. What about like, so you had some money blocks. Oh, go ahead. Well, yeah what does it feel like when you, when the money starts coming in, like, were you like, Oh my gosh, is this really happening? When's the other shoe going to drop? Or was it like, okay, now here's the abundance that I knew I could earn and I'm going to continue to get this. Like I could tell you my backstory after you share yours.
1: So it feels like it's not yours at first. Like, Oh my gosh, I can use my debit card at world market and buy all this art and take it home. Yeah, um, but really, it feels oh, too. like I don't know if you're like me, but you've been promised so many like different partnerships with people. And I used to calculate the money and figure out how I was going to spend it every time. I'd be mm. like, OK, so I'm going to sell this book with this person and make five hundred dollars a week. And I am going to do this and do that. And that was my youthful approach to abundance. My current approach is cool. I'm going to have this money in the bank. And yeah. that's sort of the biggest shift for me okay, cool, so we're going to have $15,000 in the account instead of, oh, we're going to spend it right away. Yeah. I think that's kind of what it feels like is cool. Like, this is amazing. I'm so glad that we'll have abundance ready for us when we need it versus I can't wait to spend all of this in the afternoon.
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Oh, my gosh, yes. When I had Planet Nashville, my celebrity event planning company, it just, like, month over month, I, I just couldn't believe that I was paying my bills, that I was like a single mom taking care of two kids in the worst economy in U.S. history. And I was able to pay my bill. Like, I was just waiting for that to stop one time. Like, I never was okay with it and and so that was a big shift and that was really my first entrepreneurial journey and so of course I had so many mental lessons to get over and then we opened up the event the event venue and and all that kind of stuff and now it's just like okay, I'm gonna get paid and he just you know here are my monthly expenses and you pay those and and then you know there's money there for for when you need it and to pay bills and to, you know, be generous and 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 to sponsor things and to donate. Yes. And, you know, you just it's so different now than it was then. So I appreciate you sharing that that tidbit. What, what's one final piece of advice that you would like to give to bombshell businesswomen today before we part ways?
1: I would say wherever you are now, you're looking at somebody who is where you want to be and you're feeling that cognitive dissonance of appreciating where you are, but wishing you were there. And I would just remind you that somebody really wishes they were you. Yeah,
0: (laughs) so true. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Well, on that note, Gabby, thank you so much for genuinely caring about The bombshell businesswoman listener and and pouring into the lives of of those who are investing their time into this. I mean, this is definitely a, a highly authentic and passion driven interview. So I appreciate you very much today.
1: Thank you for having me, a stranger, <laughs> on your show, for reaching out to you. It was so wonderful. And now I feel like we will be friends and partners. So keep reaching out to people that you feel inspired by because you never know what could happen.
0: Absolutely. I'm so glad you did. And, of course, we talked about her book, Kicked Out of Therapy. <laughs> six
1: Steps to, what is it? Kicked, kicked Out of Therapy. Six Steps to Joy. So it walks you through your six main blocks on your roadblock to joy. And it uses my crazy family members as examples. So if you have like that ant, you always want to throw wine at at your family gathering, this book is for you to help you get past that and enjoy your family while you're all here on earth together. Fantastic. And of course you can find her at
0: gabbygarrett.com forward slash hashtag work with Gabby. And that's G-A-B-I-G-A-R-R-E-T-T gabbygarrett.com forward slash hashtag work with Gabby. She's on Instagram. We will, as I am Gabby Garrett, and we will have all of those in the show notes. Be sure that you check out those show notes. Look, into the people that we share with you. They are very curated and we don't let just anybody on this show. So um, I hope as as your gatekeeper that I am serving you well and we will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit amberhurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out the bombshellbusinesswoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.